Welcome to Centerpoint, a podcast series from Center College, where important conversations take place. This newest addition to the series includes oral history interviews with World War II veterans conducted by Assistant Professor of History Sarah Eggie and her students at Center College. Each interview is divided into three parts and introduced by Dr. Eggie. Join us now for part one of episode three, which features David Walker, who was at Pearl Harbor when it was attacked by the Japanese. He is interviewed by Tori Parker. I am delighted to share another interview with a World War II veteran. We interviewed David Walker, who served in the Navy during World War II. You will hear his interview in three episodes. In episode one, Mr. Walker discusses his childhood in Michigan. In 1940, he enlisted in the Navy, serving on the USS Maryland in the engine room. On December 7, 1941, the USS Maryland was stationed at Pearl Harbor. Mr. Walker tells his story of surviving the Japanese attack. Oh, I was born in Pontiac, Michigan, but there were five little kids in my family. My father died when he was 33. Back in those days, he had rheumatic fever when he was a kid, and it affected his heart. So where he left my mother with five little kids, well, Back in those days, women didn't have job opportunities like today. So, my sister, one of my sisters, myself, became wards of the state, and we were foster children. Set up a different foster home. I uh, went to a farm up at the central part of northern, well, up towards Cadillac which is up to the central part of the Lower Peninsula. And I was there from the third grade through the 11. And it was resting on a farm. There were no, there was no electricity and no bathrooms. And the only water we had in the house was a, a well that was in the kitchen. And it was good water. And it was, and I did a lot of, a lot of work. I had jobs. I built cars. I think I was eight years old. Right up until I went to another house. So what was life like during the Great Depression for you as a ward of the state? Well, not a great deal different. I didn't suffer any hardship for you because I didn't know what other people had. I wasn't used to having anything, and I didn't. I had no toys of any kind to play with, nothing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a pair of ice skates or anything like that. But I had clothes to wear and, uh, and plenty of food to eat. I didn't have any family life, of course. I had no parents, and I didn't see my mother, I think it was almost eight years, and I didn't see her. Then after that, I went to another home and I graduated from high school in a little town called Athens, Michigan, which right down close to the Indiana border. And uh, 
course, I was a ward of the state all this time. And they would have sent me to college where I was qualified to go, which would have been Michigan State. Of course, it was a college then, it wasn't a university. But uh, I said, I'm tired of studying here. I don't want to join the Navy. <laughs> so one day, men came by from uh, Lansing, which the capital took me down to Detroit, and to pass all the mental and physical probes that they, that they put out, passed out, and they sent me home until they were ready to call me. Well, I got a hold of my oldest brother, and he talked me out of it. And uh, so I didn't go the first time. Uh, then, I don't know, a year or so later, I decided I would do it all on my own. So I did that. <laughs> and he didn't know anything about it until I got a postcard from any of you telling me where and when to report, which was on the third day of May. Uh, January 1940, and then it was sworn in with a, a group, I think were 25 or 30, something like that. Mm -hmm. We're all sworn in down in Detroit. And then they put us on the railroad, because that's where you travel back then, no aircraft, you know. And then we, we went to Newport, Rhode Island for training which didn't amount to an awful lot. But uh, we got there long, late in the afternoon, something like this, and they showed us to a great big marriage uh, room, as they say, and uh, we each got a hammock. And they laid the clothes out, and we had a bag, a big room, so I, and they issued our clothes and uh, showed us how to take care of them. And you could put everything in that bag that you owe. Huh. And uh, that was, a, you carried that bag wherever you went. Then uh, we went aboard ship and uh, there was a whole bunch of recruits went aboard at the same time in a different ship and I went aboard the Maryland, which was a battleship, of course. And battleship being named after states. And uh, I think they had somewhere around 2,000 men for duty there. And all these new guys were there for training. And then I was assigned to the engine room forward engine room, there are two engine rooms board ship. And uh, I know when I first went down to the long level, <coughs> looked around and I said to myself, I never know what all these levels are for. But of course I did. And uh, I studied diligently a lot, so I got rid read up a lot as soon as I was Qualified as far as time went, you had to have a certain amount of time and your rating and certain pass certain kinds of tests to be qualified to write an exam. 
And I think I was just, it was just over two years when I got rated second class machine grade. And uh, according to the ship's organization, it was supposed to be a first class machine grade who had charge of the engine room where the ship was on their way. But uh, it must have been short of a first class because it came up to me and I had just made something not more than a month before. And he asked if I thought I could handle the responsibility. I threw I thought I could. And not knowing the last words, I kept thinking, no, something's not happening. <laughs> and I had told Marlis I had to do it. And I couldn't. I might have been, but everything worked out fine anyway. And I had charge of and of course, and uh, and there was shortly this was, and then on Sunday morning, when the attack started, I had just eaten breakfast and went up from the second deck where we lived, you might say, and uh, what they call the M division, which signified the main drive, ancient rooms and etc. And then of course there were other divisions that lived down there too. The fire rooms, there were eight fire rooms on the island. And uh, I had just finished eating breakfast and walked up the outside was going to go up forward where the head was, you know what I was. I think. <laughs> and it never did make it. The planes were coming. I could see the yellow things on their wings, and, and I said to myself, oh, this is something wrong. And I headed for the engine room, which was where my battle station was. And I sat down there on the pump. I was manning that. I feel all pumped. And I would have headphones on, and so I actually never saw anything until after. But there was somebody up there describing everything that was happening topside, like the Oklahoma, which was tied up to us, capsized right there alongside of us. They couldn't get to us because we were tied up to Fort Island, which was a, a Navy amphibious base. And then the Oklahoma was tied up outward of us. And then down to the line there was the West Virginia and Pennsylvania and on down the line we were in uh, there were three the Maryland, Colorado and West Virginia were sister ships and they were the newest of the battleships and they were all electric drive which was real quiet the engine room for not so loud of course the engine room just had a big turbine and auxiliary machinery and uh, some auxiliary generators and pumps and things for the life of the ship. Then I, I don't know how we ate or anything. I remember, I quite remember that, but we had that for some beat. And I can't even remember why we went to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, I suppose we had to somehow, <laughs> in a way. I got to go topside and I looked, <laughs> looked around and I could hardly believe it. Even after somebody was uh, described the whole uh, incident. And he called for a work party, kind of a search party to go over to the Oklahoma. It's an engineering force who was acquainted with the, the spaces of the engine rooms and so forth. But I couldn't get there. They cut a hole in the ship to try to rescue some of the men, and the paint caught fire inside where they were, of course. That put the end of trying to rescue anybody by cutting a hole with a torque because the paint they used was uh, flammable, but wasn't like nowadays they don't have flammable Our engine armor was the lot of of paint, but it's the aluminum paint, which was very flammable. So do you remember how you felt when you were hearing the attack described? Were you, was it just adrenaline? Were you scared? I didn't believe it. You didn't believe it? Really, really didn't believe it. That they wouldn't, please don't sleep. Our military thing like the Navy, to be attacked like that with no warning whatsoever. Didn't seem possible. I still can't see how it ever happened. What did you know about the war, like when you joined the military? Because you joined the military before Pearl Harbor, which is kind of not something we hear a lot now. Um, what did you know about World War II? I don't know anything. Did you learn anything when you after you joined the Navy? Well, of course I would, would hear things, but uh, you know the enlisted men are a lot different than the officers. And we didn't know anything, and they thought we didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want you to know anything. <laughs> um, so, the day after the attack had stopped, what was the next course of action? Well, we couldn't, I don't know how they managed it, but we were right tight against Oklahoma and before Island, and somehow or other, they managed to get us up from between there with tugs. And uh, we got out, but we had, we'd had a couple of bombs that had hit, I think one on the after turret. And uh, I don't know where the other one was. I think we lost about 12 men. No, no, we were lucky, really. And I've heard since that if they were going to make the second round on destroying the Cabrera Dordrenne, it was a key. But of course, I don't know for sure about that, but it sounds reasonable. Now, the, the Maryland and the Colorado and West Virginia had 16 inch rifles, mm -hmm. not cannon. There's a lot of difference between a cannon and a rifle. Mm -hmm. In a way, they would just had two in the turret. And I watched them fire 
came from before the war started. And you can see the shells going through the air. We had, when you stand there, you grab a hold of your hat like this, and you hang on to it because it's blowing right off. And uh, I went in the, in the forward turret, and they fired a fraction of a second behind so they wouldn't collide, you know. And I watched them go over your fire the targets. I think you were seven miles. And uh, one of the big six inches went through the first target and they crossed. In fact, you could see it right in the air. And then one hit the central target, which was kind of exciting. So did you know anyone who was on any of the other ships that got uh -huh. Did you know anyone on any of the other ships? I didn't know hardly anybody in, outside uh, of our own division. Mm -hmm. So after Pearl Harbor, what was the next? Were you reassigned? Where did you go after Pearl Harbor? Oh, I stayed on the Maryland for I was on there for two years, three years, almost four years. And uh, I had got rid of first class, machinist mm -hmm. eight. And uh, we were out in the Bowdenies for, for nearly a year, never hit a civilized port. And uh, it was not too pleasant. <laughs> and some of the guys wouldn't even leave the ship. Mm -hmm. We were, one time we were in the Fiji Islands, not where the main part is, but way on the back, where they had a lot of sugar cane. First it was British, mm -hmm. the Fiji were. But they had pineapple there, and there was a native out there with a horse. Right? And a little carriage full of pineapples, and he'd slice them up and give us a piece of wool with a different Oh, boy, right out of the field. Mm -hmm. And the fish were swimming right around the ship with schools, the, the tuna. And they rigged, everybody rigged some kind of a fish bowl and caught them right off of the ship. <laughs> I didn't, I, I just watched. Mm -hmm.